to the world DJ Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. I congratulate you, Hall of Famers. So I need to be in the presence Thank of you. radio royalty. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. It's a big deal. Big deal. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect. Yeah. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 to the planet is Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. 51121. And finally, we have arrived at the release date for Tamika Mallory's debut book, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built, which is the first uh release off my book imprint, Black Privilege Publishing. Congratulations, sir. Yes, that's dope. Well, congratulations to Tamika. Okay, there's nobody I would rather be launching with uh, more than Tamika Mallory, somebody that I uh, look up to and inspires me on a lot of different levels. Number one, because she's out here fighting for something that's bigger than herself. And she will be joining us this morning. That's right. On The Breakfast Club, the mm-hmm. talk state of emergency, how we win in the country we build. So it's available wherever you buy books, ebook, audiobook, uh, Regular book out the bookstore, however you want to get it. <laughs> however you want to get it, it can be got. That's right. So yes. make sure you pick up a book, and she will be joining us a little bit later. Yes. All right. Are you guys serious about board games? Y'all get serious? Like, my family gets serious. No. I haven't played board games in such a long time. Oh, my goodness. When I left this morning, my family was still up playing Monopoly. They don't got school? Well, well, not not necessarily the younger kids. My daughter huh. is. Uh, she goes there. Why you? So that doesn't matter. She's. Uh, I think she's. It finished. does matter. I think she's finished. Oh, I think she's, she's finished. finished. Logan they in high school. Know. Logan's in high school, but they were up though. Uh, I remember, and when I was in college, one of my friends got. Um, she had to do another year because she would stay up playing spades, spades all night. That happened to me. Like through the next day, you you had to do another semester. Another semester, yeah. I was a super. You paid senior. for a whole another semester. Yeah, when I tell you, she would me. be playing spades for like two days straight. And not go to class. I'm like, all right, oh, that this was is me. ridiculous. That, that was me. But four o'clock this morning, I get up. They still playing spades. You know, my the whole family's on. They said they're playing board games. I meant Monopoly. I said spades. Oh. I meant Monopoly. <laughs> she said spades. Made me say it. But I don't have four that. o'clock in the morning. They still playing Monopoly. And they arguing like, no, you said this. We didn't trade this. It's four in the morning, and they are going hard. My my wife, I, my wife's brother. Uh, uncles, aunts, everybody's at the crib. So I don't think I had the concentration woo. to do that for that long. Uh-uh. Like, I could play for a little while, no. and then after that, I'm like, all right, what's next? They started at 9 p.m. I can't do that for that 4 long. 4 a.m., they nah. still play. I can't even They think might be no... still be playing that. As a matter of think... fact, when I was just in Yellow Springs, they were playing a game of spades, Donnell. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. They were playing for, so I was like, I'm leaving. This is Monopoly breaks boring for homes, everybody man. else in the house. Mon- yeah. Monopoly breaks a family. I can't even think of no board game I love that much. Yo, they play hard. Like hard. I oh love spades goodness. though. I love me a good game of spades. I learned spades in the Berkeley County Detention Center in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Love a good spades game. Yeah, me too. I, love, I learned the Hampton. But all right. But the people be getting fights over spades games. Monopoly too. Like it's- I remember my 21st birthday, I, I had a spades game in my house and that's when a huge fight broke out. Like the cops came and everything. Over spades. Over a game of spades. Niggers. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Somebody broke, it was at my parents. Somebody broke the glass. Um, next to the front door. At your parents' house? Yes, this was at my parents' house because I, you know, I was in college. It was my last year at college. Good There's goodness. some powerful niggatry at work here. <laughs> uh, you want to know who was fighting? Who? Benny Boom. He was the, the director. <laughs> yes. He was at your house fighting, playing spades. Yes. The video director. <laughs> yes, he's a video and movie director. And movie director too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, geez. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. 
Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about the Pfizer vaccine. It has now been authorized for 12 to 15-year-olds. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get into some front page news. Yes. What are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with the vaccine. Pfizer has now been authorized by the FDA for children ages 12 and up. They're saying this is a big step for our country. Vaccinating a younger population brings us closer to returning to a sense of normalcy and to ending the pandemic. So they're saying these could be administered as soon as Thursday. Pfizer announced in late March that their clinical trials showed the vaccine was safe, was 100% effective in kids aged to 12, 15, which is similar to how effective it is among adults. Yeah, I just missed when um, you know COVID became a thing around kids because I thought that was always... That was always the conversation. Like, it didn't impact, you know, the younger generation the in that yeah. way. Well, they can still get it and spread it to other people. And so while kids are not at high risk to die or be severely sick from coronavirus, they still represent about a quarter of the population. So it is critical for them to get vaccinated to stop the spread of the virus. Mm. And think about it. Kids are going to school. The older generation, uh, older people have, for the most part, a lot of them have been vaccinated. So if the kids are vulnerable, then they're contributing to how the virus can spread. All right. Now, one million people have signed up for the Affordable Care Act coverage after Joe Biden reopened it. And he reopened that back in mid-February, the special enrollment period. And uh, since it became law more than a decade ago, it's helped out a lot of people. So now with the Affordable Care Act, typically enrollment during the year is limited to people losing uh, job-based policies and experiencing other major life events like divorce. Donald Trump, the former president, refused to relax access last spring, even though it was a pandemic. So now new and existing customers who go there can take advantage of premium subsidies that were, are in hands. That's part of this $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. And uh, this generous assistance lasts for two years. It's also reduced monthly premiums by more than 40% from, on average, $100 to $57. And if you make uh, less uh, than a lower income policyholders, you can actually have your premiums eliminated completely. You know, it's important for people to have access to health care, especially right now. Absolutely. It should be a right to all Americans. I agree. But, you know. This is America. We don't do right by all Americans. Never have. I don't think we ever will. But, you know, we, can, right. we can fight trying. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us up right now. Maybe your family's still up right now playing Monopoly, yelling and screaming all through your crib. Right. Maybe you just need a little sleep or whatever. Maybe, maybe you've been telling your job you don't have Wi-Fi on your computer at work now. Every single time you come in and you still don't. Those computers are like 10 don't, years don't, old. Don't, 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 it's not like Yee comes up here. You know what I mean? It's There's not no like Wi-Fi. You know what? I got Wi-Fi. You know I'm what? here. You know what? Touche. Yeah, it's not like you're Touché. here. Yee. But you why would I come here if there's no, no Wi-Fi no, but, and but, I but can't even work? that's my point. You can't pop in every now and then and then be mad when, you know, you don't have your necessities. Listen, every time I've been here, there's been no Wi-Fi. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not coming in tomorrow. Twice. That's not true. Because they tried to fix this computer like five times and it still doesn't work. It might be time to buy a new $200 computer. Yeah. I got I, I got Wi Fi though. <laughs> I got my own, I got my own computer. But get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up! Wake up! Wake your ass up. 
This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Ahmad from St. Stephen. St. Stephen, South Carolina, the 843. What's up, bro? Uncle Charlotte, what's going on? Yo, I'm, I'm kind of mad because yesterday I heard the show, Envy, you got to stop. You want Uncle Charlotte to be your, your, your gyno doctor? And, and that's the, the your gyno? Stop one day. You need Tell a gynecologist? Brother. I don't need a gynecologist. But Charlemagne's a doctor. Sure. I knew exactly what he meant when he said gyno doctor. <laughs> what, what did you mean? Listen, I know what he it meant. Gotta, it got to stop one day. Tell him, brother. And listen, one more thing, one more thing. Y'all been debating, and, and Uncle Charlotte, I got the answers. Y'all been wanting to know about about Elon Musk. Um, So this what happened. So a few <laughs> months ago, Elon Musk was on Clubhouse, right? Uh-huh. And he said, people got mad because he said, why are we slowing down the world for people that are already at health risk? So it's like, what side would you be on? Would you be on the side of should we, should we stop slowing down the world for people at health risk, or or is it, or is it survival of the fittest? I would ask him to explain. I say I would I would say explain. That's what I would have said to him. That's why people was mad because he was like, "Yo, we slowing down the world for people that are at health risk," you know. And yeah, that's, people that's got crazy. upset. Now I understand. I understand. Got you. That makes sense. Oh, and another thing. Uncle Charlotte. Yes, sir. You got to pop up at my mom's. My mom's opened up a hookah bar in Moscow in South Carolina called Black Dior. Where I was saw you at my cousin's spot. What's I your... saw you at my cousin's spot, uh, Atlantis. Oh, you yeah. pull up the Black Dior, too. I'm going to come. I'm down. I'm going to be down there. Um... In Moscow on 52. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to be down there 4th of July. I'm going to come. I'm going to pull up. All right, brother. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Victoria. Hey, Victoria. Hello, Victoria. Oh, no, I'm calling to say that I'm graduating after being in college for 10 years. Um, I did it. It's the first year here through all my trials and tribulations. So I'm the first in my family as well. So it's amazing. Family. Why, why were you in college for ten years? Um, I was. I had low self-esteem. I was depressed. I was homeless. I couldn't do it. I had very self-doubt. Um, I took breaks in between, mm-hmm. and then right before I finished my college journey, my grandmother died. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, and that's what? when I ended my semester. But I what? did it. Still. Yay! Well, congratulations. Communications. Oh, salute Congrats, to you. Mama. Thank you. We you proud of you. Good, you have a good morning. Thank you. That's right. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And at least you finished. Hello, who's this? Hey, so this is Jessica. Hi, beautiful people. Good morning. Hey, there. Hey, so I was calling. Um, I'm originally from the 757, but I'm feeling really good today because I turned 32 on Mother's Day. Oh, Congratulations. Happy, happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to Wiggy, I just want to say I love you so much. I think you're amazing. And, uh, yeah, like, you're strong, beautiful, and I love the work that you're doing. Thank you. Shout out to you. Thank you. Dr. Charlemagne. Uh, Mental health. (laughs) 
Important. That's right. We yeah. out here, baby. Mental health advocate over here. Proud mental health advocate. Hello. Me too. Psychology major. Please, I need a job. Let me know. Oh, I'm going to send you a book. I'm going to send you the Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Dr. Rita Walker. Okay. Yes. That sounds good. Hopefully that'll put me on the right path. That's right. I'm going okay. to put you on hold and get your address. We're going to mail that out to you. Hold on, okay? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Hello. Who's this? Hey, this is Jody. Hey, Jody. Get hey, Jody. <laughs> good morning, guys. I listen to y'all every morning. Thank you. We oh, appreciate you. that. Good we morning. need it. I was just calling to get it off my chest that I had opened up a YouTube channel last year, and I've been going hard at it. And right now it's at a little standstill. So I thought about it. I should call the Breakfast Club. Okay. You guys promote everybody. And you help everybody. <laughs> and anybody. <laughs> we try. <laughs> What's your page? So you just, better you better tell us. It's Jody forty three. One word. J O D Y four three on YouTube. Okay. All right. What, what, you, what, what are you, you doing, doing on this on page? It? Yeah. I do skits. I do challenges. Um. I also do poems. I write. I'm a big writer. I know everybody can say that, but I also write. So I was um saying, if I get through today, and you guys check out my page and watch one of my skits, and if you laugh at it. I was asking, can you please put it on your social media? If it's funny, sure. If it's yeah. something that's worth sharing, absolutely. Yeah, send it to us. Let's see. Or we'll go take a look. Okay. Um, how do I send it? Uh, tweet it to us. Yeah, I'm going to just go look. All right. If you want to check it out now, if you have time, it's J-O-D-Y-4-3, one word. And the skit that I want you to watch is Jamaican Sucker. All right. Jamaican uh, tweet it to sucker. me and I'm going to retweet it. Oh, you said Jamaican Stalker. Supper. Supper. Oh, okay. supper. Sucker. 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 Yeah, no... I did a remake of um, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Okay. okay. All right. You know the, the part when the lady took off everything? Don't give away too much. All right. Well, uh, so what is it called? Wagwan <laughs> gonna get you sucker? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Uh, man, there's so much to talk about today. I, I want to talk about Portia, but I'm going to save that for a little bit later. Yes, and we are going to talk about Portia and Fallon and Real Housewives of Atlanta. And apparently there is a lot of drama going on and. We got to get into it. It's too much for me to even describe right here. But, you know, can you, I guess, marry your friend's ex-husband? What? That's weird. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, T-Pain was on Twitter and he told his followers the producers are the ones that deserve all the clout because y'all really don't be liking these songs. Y'all really just like the beats. When you hear a certain producer's tag, you don't give a F who's on it because you know you're going to like the beat. Give them they flowers. Notice I said y'all don't be liking these songs. Y'all know what effing songs I'm talking about. If I was talking about any other era, I would have said those songs. We on the same page, but y'all ain't reading between. Feel me? Yeah, I'm not reading between because I need I need more context. Because since when don't producers get the credit they deserve? There's not a fantastic producer we don't know about, even in this era. And I like the songs. I just don't like the beat. I like the song usually makes the beat sometimes. Well, to me, I agree with him. It on goes that. both ways. <laughs> yeah, I agree with him. It about can the go beat. either way. Sometimes you like the beat more than the song. Sometimes you like the song and you be like the beat could have been better. True. It just depends. Sometimes both hit together. It's not. It's a case by case basis. Yeah, I've never. I think it is. It's mostly about the beat and the hook for me. The hook. Yeah, it's the beat and the hook. 
But I will say, if the beat is whack, the song usually isn't that great. Yeah, I just I just need more it's context rare. about what he's talking about, though. Because I know it's a lot of producers I like right now. Salute to my guy, Jetson made it. But listen, I'm never mad at giving producers their credit. Nah, never. All right, now, Wendy Williams and her man have already called it quits. And if you guys recall, she, she was doing this whole challenge. Yeah, remember she did this whole challenge and we talked about it up here where she was looking for a boyfriend and then she set up with this guy, Mike uh, Esterman. And the older white guy? Yes. Okay. Well, it looks like they already have broken up. Now, he told Page Six she deserves to be with someone who may have more time. And according to reports, they have drifted apart. Well, one person who was commenting on this, NBA Youngboy's mother, you know, she, Wendy Williams has spoken about NBA Youngboy getting locked up, said some negative things about him. Well, here is his mom responding to this news. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. Girl, you should have knew that wasn't going to last. You know that man couldn't keep you around, bringing his property value down. She's 75 years old, running around here telling everybody's business but her own business. She knew that wasn't going to last. Hmm. <laughs> so some people are happy, I guess, when, you know, things like that happen. Man, y'all think Wendy Williams, like, I was looking at everything that her and Jocelyn went through, and then people were going at Jocelyn for her on her reality show, for screaming at the girl for coughing. Did y'all see that? I did. That was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't see it. All right. I saw that yesterday. Somebody sent me that. Uh, somebody texted me that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I guess the problem is when you're malicious to people, they're happy when bad things or things don't work out for you. Right. Well, I mean, people believe in this thing called karma. You know what I mean? And they feel like you get back what you put out, which is usually the case. All right. Well, let's talk about Portia and the Real Housewives of Atlanta. There's a lot of drama going on with this. Now, apparently, Portia is happily in love with Simon. Now, Simon was married to Fallon, who was introduced to Real Housewives of Atlanta as a friend of Portia. Right. And rumors are that Fallon is going to have a peach for this new season. And here is Portia talking about now being in a relationship. Now, the fans want to know, honey, what's up? I will say this. I am happy. I am in love with my new love. And I'm I'm mm -hmm. excited about it. God is good. Um, oh, yeah. You know, my family is amazing. They support me. And I will dish on it a little bit later. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm so Portia's friend, she right. just married Portia's friend's ex-husband? Yeah, she's engaged. Not married. She's engaged to Simon. Simon was married to Fallon. Uh, they ended up filing for divorce. They got divorced that, earlier this year. And, you know, okay, so just to reiterate their relationship, here is Fallon talking about how she actually met Portia. You came on as a friend of Portia's. So, yeah. what was y'all history? It was more so through Dennis and Simon. Um, um, they knew each other. They're in the same industry. And at some point in time, Portia and I got to meet. And um, she was really sweet. She's always been very real and genuine. Man, what is going on here? Sound like y'all talking about cryptocurrency. I'm so lost. What is happening? <laughs> now, Simon posted on social media, I'd like to seize this opportunity to thank every well-wisher of Portia and I, whether via phone, text, or DM, you affirm my belief that finding love is possible for everyone who genuinely seeks one. Getting married again was never a question in my mind, but when did not expect to be blessed with a mate so soon. The interesting thing about life is that it is an individual journey. Portia and I, with the support of our loved ones, have chosen to travel together as one and spread love and positivity to our community. Now, Portia posted, our relationship began a month ago. Yes, we are crazy in love. 
I know it's fast, but we are living life each day to its fullest. I choose down, happiness sir. every morning and every night. Yes, uh, Charlamagne. I have my hand raised because I have a question. Yes, Leonard. Who the hell is Simon? I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. I just told you that. Who are these people? <laughs> All right, listen. You know Portia, right? Of course I know Portia. You know Portia. Portia got a girl that's her homegirl that she brought on Real Housewives of Atlanta. You got that. Okay. That girl was married. Right? Okay. Right? They all cool. Everything is good. They get a divorce. Okay. Now, Portia marries the ex-husband. Well, okay. about to marry the ex-husband. They're engaged. Now, Got Portia you. said, I get the optics, but Simon filed for divorce from a previous marriage in January. I had nothing to do with their divorce filing. That's between the two of them. Okay? She said, Fallon and I are not friends, and Simon's divorce has been settled. Our relationship is a positive, loving step forward in everyone's lives. All I know is, are the cameras rolling? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes, the cameras are definitely going. rolling. This sounds like some good stuff that shouldn't be on social media. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it sounds nice and messy. But everybody, everybody is TV. digging in and seeing like past episodes and other things that, that have been said. Cool. Now, Simon, when they actually announced that they were separating, right? Here's what he had said uh, on the neighborhood talk. I'm not. I'm no longer responsible for her financially. No, Fallon's not broke. <laughs> I promise you. You guys just want something very salacious. How was the infidelity exposed? Just, just, just understand that uh, I'm very good at what I do when I need to find something out. Hmm. So people are saying that maybe he found something out about her. And, you know, that was the reason. That's all confused. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm sure we'll find out on the new season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. All right. I'm Angela oh. Yee. And that is your rumor report. What? Okay. All of this is on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I said that. It said that. Fallon is getting a peach this season. So. You don't know what that means. You don't watch it. I mean. He knows what getting a peach means. I now, do now. Now that I thought you about it. Do. But if I was just listening, just driving around in the car, I'd be like, what the hell are they talking about? Right. That's so, all. Well, a lot of people watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay. So that, so that story was for people who are. In tune to the show. But even if you're not, it's a pretty Correct. interesting story. Right. If you know what's going on. Right. I didn't know what the hell That's you why we just about. broke it down. So could you marry your friend's ex-husband? Now, there, you see, there you go. Keep it simple. Mm. There you go. We're going to talk about that there next you hour. Go. And I want to so, hear Abby, from could you, you out there. What? Marry, what? <laughs> marry your friend's ex-husband. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I couldn't. Okay. He what? has morals. Nah, I have morals. But 800 <laughs> We'll talk about it next hour. Could you marry your friend's ex-husband? <laughs> that would just make me think that maybe they was always plotting on my ex. You know what I mean? Mm. Why are you looking at me like that? It's just weird <laughs> that... Why are you looking at me like that? It's just weird that you're even... It's just weird that you're considering marrying <laughs> anyone's ex-husband. Ex <laughs> I said no! Hey, bro, I didn't know you was really like that. I thought we just played on like that for the radio. No, she asked me a question. I said, no, I wouldn't. Right, bro, I'm not judging you. Okay? But the reason is because that's your friend. You know what? Right. No, because I'm not gay. Well, you should have led with that, too. You, know you didn't lead with that. Y'all are very confusing this morning. You're confusing me. This is cryptocurrency this morning. I'm not messing with y'all. That was Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Doja Cat is a person. Yeah. Anyway, front page news is next. I'm sorry, y'all. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance understands that stuff happens, including lapses in auto coverage. At the General, they make it easy to get reinstated and will work with you to keep you covered. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com to find out more. Some restrictions apply. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. 
Now, congratulations to Russell Westbrook. He has set the NBA record with his 182nd triple double. Beast. Beast, Surpassing man. the uh, mark set by Oscar Robinson in 1974. So, no. congratulations to him. Mind you, this is the same guy who averaged a triple double uh, two seasons in a row. I think it might have been three seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It might two or three seasons. But drop on the clues bombs for Russell Westbrook. I really want to see Russell Westbrook on a, on a, a team that's a contender, man, because that, that's too much wasted talent, bro. Yeah, too yeah. Much. the only other NBA players who have more than 100 career triple doubles are Magic Johnson and Jason Kidd. And Oscar Robinson. And Oscar Robinson. Well, yeah. other than obviously Oscar Robinson, since he just broke the record. Yeah, Oscar Robinson as well. All right. Now, what else we got? All right. Now, a group of 40 state attorneys generals have are asking Mark Zuckerberg to abandon his plans. He was planning to launch a version of Instagram for children under the age of 13. They said use of social media can be detrimental to the health and well-being of children who are not equipped to navigate the challenges of having a social media account. Further, Facebook has historically failed to protect the welfare of children on its platforms. So what is Instagram now? Isn't Instagram for kids now? Can't kids get on Instagram? Yeah. Uh, you know, parents are very skeptical. You saw Lala just let her son uh, join Instagram. But I guess it's going to be something that's prioritizing safety and privacy. And Impossible. they said they'll be consulting with experts in child development, with child safety, with mental health and privacy advocates and all of that. So they want to develop something that's different. Uh, no ads. And it's like a Instagram for kids. Impossible. Under 13. In 10 years, they're going to be doing um, studies on the brain and the impact that social media had on the brain of all people. Because it, it impacts adults. It makes adults just as silly as it does does the kids. It ruins the mm-hmm. mental health of every single body. But I feel like a lot of kids are on TikTok. And obviously, kids sit around and watch YouTube videos of other kids playing games. and That can't be healthy for your brain. Like, your brain needs to be doing activities, man. Like, you need to be reading. You need to be doing... You know, back in the day, we used to do crossword puzzles. Yo, we used to have to look at maps. Hit crossword yeah, puzzles. Maps, remember having to look at maps puzzles, and having yeah. to figure things out? Like, like you don't have to figure anything out anymore. No, nah, they're not doing that anymore, puzzles. But that's why I put my kids in every activity, because I want to keep them that's as far right. away from the phone as possible. I put my daughter into things in horseback riding. I never... I hate... You got to stimulate the I brain. I like horses. I'm scared of horses. But my daughter, I was like, I just want to put them in everything. Taekwondo, horseback, swimming, well, basketball, Well, let's talk about horseback baseball. riding real quick for a second. Mm-hmm. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit has tested positive for a steroid after the race. And now the trainer of that horse is saying that it's all because of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Now here is what uh, Bob Baffert had to say. We live in a different world now. This this America is different. It was like a cancel culture kind of a, a thing. So they're reviewing it. I haven't been told anything. I'm, uh, we're prepared to run. But, you, you, but you're here to say that Bob Baffert's team did not cheat to win the Kentucky Derby. We did not cheat to win the Kentucky Derby. I mean, I hate cancel culture too, but what in the hell does cancel culture I don't know culture what that to has to do with a horse that's tested positive for steroids. Yeah, it sounds to me like, you know, folks are just holding that horse accountable and he doesn't want to deal with the consequences of that horse's actions. I mean, in any era, if you get caught cheating, you will be held accountable. The horse had double the amount legally allowed in Kentucky racing, according to testing. And by the way, this trainer has had five horses in the past year test positive all right now donald trump has also weighed in and said so now even our kentucky derby winner medina spirit is a junkie 
This is emblematic <laughs> of what is happening to our country. The whole world is laughing at us as we go to hell on our borders, our fake presidential election, and everywhere else. Oh, drop one of the clues bombs for Donald Trump. That is hilarious. Drop the bomb, man. Come on, man. That's well, hilarious. <laughs> you call the horse a junkie. Your horse is a junkie. Like the Your horse, horse is, is on drugs. Shooting up. Exactly. Your horse is an <laughs> addict. Okay, <laughs> he talking to him like he on crack too, Canceled. not opioids. You know, if the horse was on opioids, they'd have some empathy for him. Uh-huh. You know right. what I mean? They're treating the horse like he's a crackhead. Okay. Well, that is your rumor report. Oh my goodness. I mean, front page news. Sorry. Oh my goodness. All right. Also, you know, we're taking your calls. We were talking early about could you marry your ex? Well, I should say, could you marry your friend's ex husband? You said no. We'll talk about it next hour. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you have comments, but coming up next, yes. The New woman book out today. State right. of emergency. Tamika Mallory, state of emergency. How to win in the country we built. Her book is finally out today. Available everywhere you buy books. It is the first book off my book imprint, Black Privilege Publishing. And there's nobody I would rather uh, be launching with than Miss Queen Tamika D. Mallory. That's right. And we're going to kick it with her next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. We have a very special guest in the building. Today is the day her book has finally hit the ecosystem. Finally. Queen Tamika D. Mallory, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built. How are you, Queen Mallory? I'm doing well. We've worked hard on this project. Your first book. Yeah, the first book on uh my, my book imprint, Black Privilege Publishing. I'm 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 ecstatic that it's you. I'm ecstatic yeah. that your story gets to be told, and it just feels like now is the right time. I think people got Tamika Mallory fucked up. Uh, well, c- clearly, <laughs> I mean that's a fact. What, what kind of, what kind of label was this? Was it a label of love? Was it a label of hurt? Or was it just labor to write this book? Uh, it was labor of love and mm-hmm. pain. This all happened right after the George Floyd speech yep. um, that I made when it was just the day after he was killed. I was in Minneapolis and, um, you know, usually I prepare speeches and get it right and go through all the politically correct things because, you know, I be having F words and everything. And then I got to go back and take that stuff mm-hmm. out. But I didn't care. I just said the truth. Like, you know, because they, they, what happened was they had started to change the narrative to looting and rioting and violence because stuff was burning in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And when I stood up there and I started talking, I'm like, don't come to us about looting. Right now we're talking about a man's knee and a a black man's neck. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we were just coming from Louisville, Kentucky. So we had just been with Breonna Taylor's family. Then Ahmaud Arbery happened right before that. Mm -hmm. And so now we're at George Floyd and I decided to just tell the truth that day at the press conference to talk about the state of emergency that we're in and that we're just tired, like beyond tired. And obviously... People, it resonated because at the time I had 240,000 followers on Instagram. By the time I finished speaking, there was a million people on my page. Do you, do you think, because you dedicated State of Emergency to your son, Tariq, does he understand the magnitude of his mom's work? Child. <laughs> Child, listen. <laughs> Tariq Ryans, he does understand and he talks about it often. He knows um, what I've been doing, but I left my son a lot. A lot like he has definitely suffered as a result of me helping other people deal with their children, you know, Mm. and that's and and that's one of the things that I also I talk about in the book. It's like if you want to deal with if you're a new person that's popping up like, yo, I want to get in this movement. I I, I feel it. You know, I'm here. The first thing you got to do is deal with your own stuff, right? Your own family. But I understand from raising my son how hard it is to turn internal and deal with that. 
Because when I'm talking to him, I'm like, what kind who, what? Like, what kind of conversations are we having here? You supposed to just get it. And he's yeah. like, nah, because I know, I know the real you. I know a lot about you. And you are not as perfect as you think you are. And that's a reflection of he and I and the dynamics of our relationship where sometimes it's like, boom. But don't, but let me go out and help somebody else, child. I'm all over it. I got yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. the right things to say. You know, I'm out here changing lives. So that's a tough situation. And that's why I dedicated the book to him because I wanted him to know this is what I've been doing. I'm sorry that I have not been there for you the way that you need it. But I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you so much that I'm doing this work. Absolutely. You know, Tamika, you have been doing this work for over 20 years. And I do think the timing for this book is perfect because you've also been getting criticism lately. Mm. And I know here on The Breakfast Club, we obviously know you personally and we know where your heart is. But then we've seen people being critical of you doing endorsements or we've seen people saying, "Okay, Black Lives Matter and Tamika Mallory, you know, at the Grammys performing and doing this because she wants to get attention for herself and doing this to make money. So how do you respond and how does that make you feel knowing that that's not where your heart is? Some people I could care less. Other people, especially when you when you have someone, a mom, you know, who obviously doesn't know me and has a real lack of understanding about who I am and how long I've been doing this and my commitment, that hurt. When people say you are trying to get yourself known, I don't know what they think. Like, I, the reason why I get the opportunities that I have is because I'm known. It's all distraction tactics. There is an actual attempt to distract and destroy the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not talking about the organization. I know them very well. Love Sister Patrice. Love them all. But I am not a part of Black Lives Matter, the organization. My organization is called Until Freedom. However, we get grouped in together and people don't care what organization you're with. They're trying to destroy the entire movement. And unfortunately, they use people who look like us to be able to do it. This is not new. And by the way, most of the critics are people who are not outside. Like, I never see them on any street corner. I don't see them helping families. I don't see them doing anything. That's right. I often wondered, where were those people a few years ago when when they were trying to script everything away from you? Oh, well, that's a whole different conversation. You know what I mean? Like, most people, they don't even know the story. And and by the way, once we start having those conversations, most of those people are like, oh, damn, I, I didn't know all of that. You know, and then it, it kind of changes. Like the, the Cadillac commercial. They were like, oh, you know, you worked with Cadillac. No, I didn't work with Cadillac. I actually worked with Spike, Spike Lee's, Lee. his ad agency Can or we brand talk about that? agency. Talk about that. Talk, Cadillac, Cadillac didn't approach you. Spike Lee approached you. Yeah, his, well, not Spike Lee, mm-hmm. but his company approached me to do a spot with them for Women's History Month. And so they had a budget to put black folks together to talk about black issues and particularly black women. And they add, they didn't come and get me because they I'm trying to make myself known again. They came to get me because they were like, no, we need your message as a part of this, because that's the whole point of this piece mm-hmm. is to show different elements of, you know, black women, activists, artists, entertainers. We're going to put all of that together. And they said, and we want you to be the central component, if you will, of the spot. I said, sure. Um, You know, there were some people who were like, oh, well, what about black men? I didn't know that we couldn't celebrate Women's History Month. It was Women's History Month. (laughs) I didn't know we couldn't do that, you know. Then they said, well, she has an endorsement with Cadillac. Well, I don't. But even if I did have an endorsement with Cadillac, a part of the deal is that they are distributing funds, resources, 
to organizations that do criminal justice work and, you know, work with mass incarceration issues and other black causes, if you will. That's a part of the whole package deal of what's happening with their with their company. Do they have other issues? General Motors? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's always going to be issues when you're working with white folks that own these big companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never understood the backlash from Cadillac because we asked these corporations to make these kind of investments in our community. So they went to a black production company, Spike Lee's company, who came to a woman who was a leader in our community to be in a commercial talking about black issues. For a car that we buy. For a car that we buy. We buy, I got one, we I, buy Cadillac. I've owned two in my life. I <laughs> right, own one me now. Too. So what's the problem? I, I did not understand that backlash. Right. Well, you know, again, you got to look at the sources of the people with the issue. But I also have folks questioning why Cardi B, you know, and Angela Davis in the forward of your book. Oh, I definitely won't get to that. If you don't understand that, then I don't know what to tell you. Explain. Why, well, why do you have Cardi B as the forward? Well, first of all, you should buy the book so you can read That's it right. and understand the context. But Cardi is basically saying to Angela Davis, I'm unbuttoned as hell. I don't know all the laws. I don't have it all together. I, You know, I'm just a regular girl who actually became successful based upon my art. Right. So I'm not a typical activist, but I care about black people getting shot down on the streets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Dr. Davis you are queen of all queens in terms of this movement. Is there space for me next to you at the table? And Dr. Davis... Don't res- give them all. I don't give it all No, away. I'm not. I'm okay. not. I'm going right. to say. And Dr. Davis mm-hmm. responds to her. Mm-hmm. She tells a story about Nina Simone, who we know was, is an, was an entertainer, but also a part of the movement. And so it's a powerful exchange and I personally am a mixture between Cardi B and Dr. Davis. That's my truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe you can twerk and work. That's what that's <laughs> that's, that's my that's my truth. Word. All right, we have more with Tamika Mallory. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have Tamika Mallory in the building. Charlemagne? You know, even with the Grammy performance, right? And you got backlash for that. What bothered me about that was Nobody talked about what you spoke about. Right. Well, well you well. challenged Joe Biden. Right. The conversation people are having now yeah, saying exactly. these elected officials are being so quiet about voter suppression right. and so quiet about them stripping away our civil rights. Right. You challenged right. the president right. of the United States of America, but yet you had to deal with the backlash from your own people just because you were on the stage at the Grammys. Right. So I, I reposted and shared after they everybody was Joe Biden hasn't done anything for black people, which Dr. Umar, when he was here, that kind of sparked the conversation mm-hmm. again. And a lot of folks were like, oh, that's right. You know, Biden hasn't done this or that. Well, I would challenge that there has been some things done. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's that's first of all. And one of them is that five billion dollars is now being allotted for violence. And at the center of the conversation is black folks because they had Erica, Erica Ford, Ford and others yeah. at the White House sitting in yeah. the in the Rose Garden and they have opened up several city agencies and I think that's like another 10 billion dollars that people can access in you know mental health like in healthcare and other areas and so we as black people have to know how to how to access that and there are a number of folks that are working on grants and other things so that mm-hmm. we can help organizations get that money I do understand that they're like well it's not just for black people so I get it. I get the the nuance of the conversation, but let's not uh, ignore some things that have absolutely happened. Now, 
So I reshared mm-hmm. the statement that I made, which I specifically said, Joe Biden, this is what we demand, right? But in every opportunity that we get, it doesn't matter if you get to say one word, five words, or a hundred, we should be using it as an opportunity to challenge the institution, if That's you right. will. Now, the night of the Grammy speech and, the, and that next morning, it was. The media, all my alerts, the Google alerts were like, Tamika Mallory challenges Joe Biden. And in fact, people were calling. I think you called me and said you got you got a call from somebody like, why does yeah, she the have Democratic to say Party. Yeah. yeah like, upset. why does yeah. she have to say that? You know, we're trying to do the work, blah, blah, blah. So we were on the right track. And then the mess started. And that shifted the conversation because this is what I know. What I know about our oppressors is that they sit back. They'll do their own work, their own dirty work. But if they learn that we're willing to do it for for them, they sit back, they step back, they say, oh, okay, we don't even got to worry about That's it. That's right. Because they fussing over something else. And then they put their bots and their trolls in the mix. And so they take the messaging, whatever you saying, oh, uh, this person says, why is Tamika Mallory on the Grammys? And the next thing you know, you got all these fake accounts online saying the same thing because they are helping to be divisive. That's it's a strategy. It's a real but we have to easy be, to figure out. We got to be smart enough to understand that those are coordinated attacks, right? Because right. it, it, it went from you, then it went to Patrice. That's right. It was coming at Sean. Like that. that that's not coincidence. It's not. <laughs> like it's not. It's not. And they basically tried to make people believe that Patrice took money from the Black Lives Matter ninety million dollars that they raised in the last year and used it to buy homes. But if you read the story, you see that she's been buying homes since 2016. Mm -hmm. And actually, that's what everybody's been telling us to do. So Patrice actually is doing something to secure the future for her child. But the way they tell the story, they know how to shape that narrative to get you upset, believing that she's still. and, And then we find out she's never even taken a salary from Black Lives Matter. She's a writer, an author who has a a, 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 a really significant book, book right? She is TV production she company. TV, right, TV production. Um she's a speaker. She is a a professor. You know, this girl's got a lot of other things going on and yet they really did their best to make it seem like she stole money from the organization for her property. I do get though that there has to be accountability for yes, from organizers there has to be accountability for Black Lives Matter. What are y'all going to do with $90 million? That's a lot of money. And that's it's right. a lot of people on these streets that's hurting. You know, I, I, I support you just because you are who you say you are. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to tell all, all the business, but it, I've had conversations with you. I remember one in particular a few years ago when you called me and you were like down to your last dollar. If, oh, absolutely. If, if anything, right? Yeah. That and was I, in and, 2019. Yes. And I remember you saying verbatim. I cannot take any money from any of these corporate people because if I do, as soon as I do that, I'm just like all these yep. other activists who yep. are doing it for the wrong reason. Yep. That right there told me everything I need to know about yep. you. Yep. In that in that moment, you said I need somebody black financing my helping us. organization. Yep. And, then Jay, I can, and I, you went and helped get Jay. Well, I didn't want to say all that. But nah, yeah. Okay. Shoot. Cool. But the I, I want the story. The, yes, truth. the truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. You went and called Jay-Z and said, Tamika and my son are out here doing this work. And they, they need resources. You got to help them. 
And then he called us and had us to come in, and we've been, and they have supported our work. Salute the Rock Nation. And it's, Des, I have to yep. say, Des, right? They they came through and they said we got y'all. I remember Jay called me on the phone one day, like, "All right, so you really ready to do this? Because I'm not trying to put resources behind somebody that's not serious about what you're doing." He's like, "I know, I'm getting the message through this one, Charlemagne, and I'm not. T- I want to talk to you to know who you are." He already knew mice, so he already understood that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we had a great conversation. And he was very supportive. And we don't we have tried not to lean on them but so much because we go out and we work on we have our merch up, you know, our Until Freedom merch. People could go to untilfreedom.com and buy sweatsuits, which are actually like good mm-hmm. sweatsuits and great colors, and a lot of people wear them fashionably. I know I do. Um so we have other avenues and ways that folks can support us. And you're right, Charlemagne. I was that year, not only was I broke financially, I was broke broke spiritually. Like I had to go to a drug treatment program that year because of all the stress from the women's march. I got addicted to Xanax and other painkillers. Like I went through a lot that people have no idea about. And I was going through all of that because I just I decided and 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 and, and refused to speak against Minister Farrakhan. That's right. I, I said, I don't agree with the minister on certain things that he says, and particularly some of the things that he was saying about the Jewish community. I was like, that's not my words, right? And and we don't agree. And that's it. I was totally fine with that. I'm not in a position where I have no choice but to stand with somebody. I'm afraid to speak out and say I don't agree. I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to use your language of you telling me that I have to denounce a black man, I think America does a great job of denouncing black men every day. And mm-hmm. as a black woman who has a black son, that's not something that I was willing to participate in. And guess what? They stripped me as much as they could of everything. All my speaking engagements were canceled. Relationships that I had with people, there were folks leaving our organization. It was so painful. And I ended up getting in a situation where, you know, like I said, I was addicted. That's the that's the fact. And then one day I woke up and was like, okay, life is, I'm getting things back together. I don't need to take these pills anymore. And my bones was hurting. That's right. And I was like, oh, shoot, what am I, what do I do? I called Jason Williams, a NBA all-star, who I knew he had started doing drug treatment programs um, in Florida. And I called him and asked him would he help me. And he placed me in a program and they got me straight. So wow. that's just the fact. It's just the truth. Well, my, my point with that story is if there was a time for you to sell out, if that there was, was a time the for you to compromise yourself, it would have been then. Was I the was moment. I'm I'm on the phone with you and you're like, I can I'm not doing that. You refuse to compromise yep. yourself. And so, so it's now, just like when I see people attacking you, I'm like, Y'all don't even know her. Right. All right, we have more with Tamika Mallory. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have Tamika Mallory in the building. Charlemagne. So explain. So explain, Kamala, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, and explain, you know, OG Jim Clyburn. People that I thoroughly enjoy, thoroughly like, but they still have to say things like America isn't a racist country. Why haven't politicians gotten the memo that we can speak truth to power? Well, the sad part with the VP, who I voted for Joe Biden because of Kamala Harris being on the ticket, Same. right? So I hold her more responsible than him, and so it's sad because we know she knows. Because way because of the way she phrased the the answer, mm-hmm. she tried to say, "Well, it's not a racist country, but we got to deal with the racism in the country." And I get the point that she's trying to make is like, I'm not going to sit here and say all the people in America are racist, but we're talking about institutions and constructs, and we know that the foundation of America is as racist as ever, right? We know that, 
And, and it's sad that she's still not in a place to just say it. And I think she would have really won some points. That's right. With our community for just straight up saying what we know. Because we right. already know. Clyburn, I have some other representative Clyburn. You know, and, and, it's, and it's, 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 it's always difficult because I know these folks very well. It's 25 years of relationships. I love Representative Clyburn. Same. Like, cool dude, good dude. But he's wrong. He was wrong on defund the, defunding the police. But now, just yesterday, here I go listening to Teslin Figaro. I go to her page in the morning time yesterday, and she's on there like, yo, what is Clyburn talking about? He's talking about we we don't need, um, as a part of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, to have the component that ends qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. Bruh, that's the only point that matters. Word up. And you have congressional um, uh, congressional members like Cory Bush saying we're not even trying to we don't even want to hear it. Like that's the part that has to be in. And I had somebody on my page, and that's why political education is very very important. Somebody on my page was like, "You need to deal with senators. You know the bill's already passed in the House. You know they the, the congressional members are already on their page. It's with the Senate now. And so let's go after people like Manchin, who's a senator in West Virginia who votes like a Republican mm-hmm, most of the mm-hmm. time. He caucuses pretty much with Republicans. Yeah, we do have to go after them. But in every single strategy, if you pay attention to history, the first thing they have to do is to be able to get." black folks to go against other black people. That's what they need as the solid foundation so that they can come and say, well, there actually isn't an appetite for us to pass this bill with this particular component, right? right? That's So that's why they need somebody with as much power and influence as a Jim Clyburn to be the one to basically turn his back on us because qualified immunity is the heart of the bill. That's right. I'm trying to understand, if you have the president saying, we need to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act by May 25th, the anniversary of when George Floyd was killed. Why won't you go tell Chuck Schumer in the Senate to pass it with Mr. Whip Clyburn? That's right. Go tell him to do it. Don't break down on us now. Don't abandon right. it now. Use your spine. That's right. <sighs> no, like, don't, don't pass it uncompromised. That's what they're trying to do, right? Like yeah. They're trying to compromise it. Compromise like, don't let it be compromised. Else. Trying to say, take this out, then it'll pass. No. No. It's pointless. I don't want no symbolic Mm -hmm. passing of the George Floyd Policing Act on on George Floyd's birthday or the anniversary of his death, whatever it is. I don't want that. I want something that has some teeth in it. Right. I promise you that I can surely speak today on on behalf of George Floyd's family. I believe they would be fine with me saying this. If not, I'll get in trouble, but I won't. If you pass it on June 1st, that'll be fine with them too. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't try to make the date. The thing that since we try to get this date, we need to compromise. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Don't sell them out like Mm-mm. that. Now, Tamika, I know in your book, you also talk about how accountability, right? If you see something going down, you have to make sure that you are either there recording it, that you intervene, you let people know I'm watching, I'm seeing what's happening. And I saw you posted something about yourself getting harassed also, oh, right? And attacked. Yeah. And I saw you post that you were with Reverend Marissa Farrow in the bar at the hotel lobby. And you said the security officer had one job. He did nothing. He called us bitches. He put his hands in our faces. And you said, I'm tired. I'm just going to bed. So, yeah, I I was tired and had to go to bed because I had to actually physically protect myself in this particular situation. You know, the story is long and exhaustive and we won't get into it today. 
But there are some white folks that really feel emboldened and either they're going to get themselves harmed really bad or some of us are literally going to lose our lives because I'm not of the turn the other cheek generation. And I know I need to grow up and I need I have too much to lose and all that stuff that people tell me. But if you get attacked, you get attacked. But if you come into my space, they attacked us. They called us out of our names. Totally disrespectful, violent, dangerous. I'm going to fight. In this bar where we were, which, by the way, we weren't even in the bar to have a good time. I was literally studying scripture for a speech that I had to give the next day at Jamal Bryant's church at New Birth in Atlanta. I was literally working with the pastor. I had called her and said, could you meet me downstairs for just 30 minutes so that you and I could look at my message? Because I'm a little stuck around the ending and I want to make sure I'm on the right track. So she says, okay, let's go downstairs and meet. We sit there, order one drink. We're working on it. And a white man comes and starts menacing myself, my family member who was there, and other black women who were sitting at the bar. I have a text message from the black woman who we did not know that was sitting there. The way that he was bothering her, she texted me and said, I appreciate the fact that you stood up to him. Because nobody else, the security was doing absolutely nothing. And if you don't speak up in that situation, then you make it harder for the next black person. Because then now that guy or woman thinks that behavior is cool and it will continue to do that to other black people. What I promise y'all is that him and his wife now know the next time they see some black women, they're going to go in the opposite direction. Okay? <laughs> I, that's what I'm going to promise video? you. Is there a video? Well, they, yeah, I'm sure people would tape it. And there's, okay. there's cameras. I, there's another video that's online of my son and me and, and I think uh, Angelo in uh, Staten Island where I caught this woman taking pictures of my license plate. And, and, and what I saw, the commentary online, because you see us fighting, you see us getting ready to get into a serious altercation. And my mouth is, I'm a black woman. I can curse better than anybody in the mm-hmm. world. You want to go into a cursing fight with me, I could put words together. Mm-hmm. So you, you hear me in the video cursing these people out. And the commentary from folks was like, yeah, but y'all only showing us what happened when they got upset. Why are you not showing us how this all started? So I didn't even worry about it because I know what happened. She was taking pictures of my license plate and I went over and asked her why. And she looked at me and was like, because I feel like it. So, Damn. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I don't even need to say anything yeah. else. That's what happened. So that's why you see us in a situation. Yeah. And by the way, we on the streets. We are outside in Anything can happen. And if people get the impression that you playing or you afraid or you, you know, you would back down, do you realize, do you know you we probably would be here. dead? You fooled out here. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. We ain't with it. Yeah. And you know my son ain't with it Absolutely. at all. And he, he literally be trying to de-escalate all the time. He worked so hard the other night to try to make sure that this incident did not go any further. <laughs> and sure enough, it just didn't work out. Word. All right. We just want to make sure we don't have a wrong narrative out there. Absolutely. I don't care what the narrative is. I'm going to spin it. Don't <laughs> even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't even worry about it. Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built is available everywhere now. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you are a leader, Tamika. I'm happy that you exist. I'm happy to be a part of this this journey with you on your on your first book. First book. Because it won't be the last. No, because we have another book. Hey, man. We got a publishing company. We do. This is our publishing we company. Did. So. Uh. 
Now, listen, you're going to be on virtual book tours all week. I hate that you got to do virtual book I tours. Know. Hopefully, it's only for a week or two, and then you can get on the road. Well, actually, it's kind of good that it's virtual because I don't know if we would have been able to get Kendrick Sampson and, mm. you know, Jeezy. And, and um, tonight, we have Taraji P. Henson as a part of the tour. Yep. You know, we got Tiffany Haddish on the tour. Mm-hmm. So those people probably would not have been able to do the dates. If it weren't for the fact that, you know, it's virtual, so they could just pop on the Zoom, mm-hmm. you know. But you're, you're hosting one tonight. Um, yes, for the Scranton Bookstore. Yep. You can go to TamikaDMallory.com, TamikaDMallory.com, and you can purchase tickets. There's a lot of powerful people that are on the tour. Tonight's the kickoff. It's mm-hmm. going to be great for Taraji to be joining us. My son's going to be on, right. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great day. So go to TamikaDMallory.com. Yep. Okay. Get your tickets. It's Tamika Mallory. It's The Breakfast Club. With them chances, All right. So morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let me shout out to NASCAR. Shout out to NASCAR and uh, John Cohen. John Cohen is, uh, I'm not sure if he's the only, but one of the only black-owned NASCAR team owners. So I just wanted to shout him out this morning. He uh, hit me up, and they will have the NASCAR at the car show this year. So if you have never seen a NASCAR... Up close and personal. One will be at my car show in Atlanta, and it's a brother that owns it. Shout to uh, John Cohen. You know, you know John, right? You mean uh, Charlamagne? He, he gets a uh, cut at the uh, shop all the time. I don't. Brothers know. from Newark, man. Shout, shout them. Owns his own NASCAR. That is dope. All right. Well, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk, J. Cole. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, let's talk about producer Jetson Maid. Now, of course, he's one of the most sought-after producers in recent years. We all know him also from working a lot with the baby. He did an interview with Our Generation Music, and he talked about actually turning down an opportunity to work with Rihanna for J. Cole. But I was really supposed to go work with Rihanna. I swear to God, I skipped out on that to go work with Cole. Shout out to Rihanna, though. I That's hope we can get in there. It was more personal, bro. It was like, bro, Cole reached out to me personally. No. Like, come on. Man. I'm at this man's house. I'm like, f*** that. I'm going with this I would have been too nervous around Rihanna anyway, bro. I love Rihanna. I get why Jetson made it feels that way. Uh, J. Cole from North Carolina, Jetson from South Carolina. It's a Carolina connection. Like he said, it's personal. Jetson, like, 23, so he probably been admiring Cole for of the course. longest because he's a brother from the Carolinas who was on. So I can easily see him wanting to work with Cole over Rihanna. Of course. Well, he said also Cole reached out to him personally. He was like, you know, I'm at this man's house. Mm-hmm. And, but it was one of the toughest decisions he said that he ever had to make. Shoot to my guy, Jetson made it. That's my guy. Drop on the clues bonds for Jetson made it. Jetson made another one. All right. Now let's talk about J. Cole's documentary, Applying Pressure, the off season that is out, that came out yesterday. And, you know, J., of course, J. Cole has shared that as we're getting ready for his new album to come out on Friday. Now, one of the things that he talked about was how the off season actually came together and him being kind of complacent. This past five years has been a fight against comfort. I was chilling. What I noticed was with that feeling of comfort, I'm like, damn, this is the moment that a lot of your favorite rappers hit a crossroad where they did what the f- they set out to do, and then the fruits of their labor started working against them. That same energy and that same like passion they put into the craft was gone, and it was replaced by like comfort and luxury. All right. In addition to that, you know he's got a lot of music and he's got more albums that are supposed to come out, right? So here's what he had to say about kind of hoarding this music. 
There's songs on here in this whole fall off era that I've been sitting on for years, just tweaking, making better. Even like a middle child, that was for the fall off. But then I'm like, do you really want to wait to drop this song? So I'm like, yo, we just put out middle child like as a single and that went crazy. Now, normally I would just hoard that and similarly, yes, I've been hoarding songs because I'm like, no, I made this for the fall off. This is too special. Now, over the years, they've gotten better. Maybe some of them have like fallen to the wayside, you know what I mean? And, and like, they won't make it. I'm highly anticipating Cole's album on Friday, but he acting like he was gone for a long time. He wasn't gone like, he hasn't been gone like Kendrick. When was KOD? Was 2018? Then he put out, they put out Revenge of the Dreamers. <laughs> it's not like he's been away. Well, he's got a lot of music, though, and, you know, he's supposed to be putting out It's Boy, The Fall Off, later on down the line. So it's the this album is the first of three albums off-season that he's planning uh, to do. I'm very interested in hearing it. And then as far as features, <clears throat> here's what J. Cole has to say about that. Yo, when somebody bring you a feature, say yes. Do you really want to look back and be like, you didn't work with nobody? You didn't have no songs with nobody. That You just cool with that. No, okay. So start saying yes to some features. Similarly, it was like that with letting people know, yo, the off-season, it's a boy, the fall-off is coming. It's like, yo, now that the possibility of not doing this seems real and I'm at peace with that, don't have a regret. Who is he doing this interview with? Uh, this is his documentary. Oh, his documentary, okay. Yeah. What does he mean by that, though? When somebody comes to you with a feature. He's saying do more features. Yeah. He said you don't want to be that artist that just has no features, just all you by yourself, challenge and challenge other artists. I, mean, I guess that's what he's saying. But it, didn't we give him, we gave Cole props for like going platinum with no features. Yeah, on, on his, his album, album, but well, now, now he's he saying, and features. he's done it already, so now he wants to make sure he's working with mm, other artists. Collaborations okay. are not a bad thing. No, not at all. I don't yeah. think so. Mm-mm. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Okay, all right. Thank you, Missy. Charlamagne, who are you giving that down to? You know, uh, Bob Baffert needs to come to the front of the congregation. I know y'all are like, who the hell is Bob Baffert? You never heard of him? Me neither. We can learn together. Go right. after the hour. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. What up, y'all? It's DJ MV. Remy Martin wants to give you the experience of a lifetime to see Usher live at his Las Vegas residency. Now through May 16th, visit winwithradio.com slash Remy to enter and get rules. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for donkey of the day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy going to have some funny shit to say out his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That don't, 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 don't. Donkey of the day right there. <laughs> The Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the donkey of the day, but, like, I mean no harm. Yes, donkey of the day for Tuesday, May 11th, goes to Bob Baffert. Who is Bob Baffert? You never heard the name? Good, me neither. So we learning together, okay? He is the trainer of Medina Spirit. What is Medina Spirit? You never heard the name? Good, me neither. We learning together. No, it's not a deodorant or fragrance they sell at a gas station. Medina Spirit is a horse. And Bob Baffert is the horse trainer. Now, Medina Spirit is not just any horse. Medina Spirit won the Kentucky Derby. What is the Kentucky Derby? You never heard of it? You a lie, okay? But if you haven't, it's simply a horse race held every year in Louisville, Kentucky. Almost always on the first Saturday in May. Salute to everybody who listens to us on 93.1 The Real in Kentucky. Drop on a clues bomb for 93.1 The Real in Kentucky. Now, this is just an observation from Dr. Leonard McKelvey. 
The Kentucky Derby is like white people's Easter Sunday. Okay, white people dress for the Kentucky Derby the way older black women down south dress for Easter Sunday. Mostly with the big hats, though. Okay, that's just my observation. White women wear big Easter Sunday hats at the Kentucky Derby. Now, Medina Spirit uh, won the Kentucky Derby, but the celebration was short-lived because the horse tested positive for some type of performance-enhancing drug following the race. Let's go to WLKY CBS 32 for the report, please. I didn't do anything, and when you're innocent, in this game, you're, you're guilty to proven innocent. Hall of Fame trainer Bob Baffert has been under increased scrutiny since 2018, when Justify had a positive drug test in the Santa Anita Derby. It came just weeks before Justify won the Kentucky Derby and Triple Crown, but Baffert won on appeal. Fast forward to 2021, and Baffert's Medina Spirit wins the Kentucky Derby, but had a positive drug test for trace elements of beta-methasone, an anti-inflammatory also used by humans, not a performance enhancer. It is a drug Baffert says he's never used on Medina Spirit and has the vet records to prove it. I would never do anything like that. It's just, it's just dumb. Okay, I don't know if he was or not, but we'll get to that more in a minute. Uh, we'll get to why Bob Baffert is getting donkey today, but I want to talk Donald Trump, okay? Donald Trump released a statement, and he said, and I quote, and this is hilarious, so now even our Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit is a junkie. This is emblematic of what is happening in our country. The world is laughing at us as we go to hell on our borders, our fake presidential election, and everywhere else. The reason I quoted what that whatever, I don't know if that was a tweet or whatever that Donald Trump said is because none of those things Donald Trump is talking about have to do with this story. Okay, a horse tested positive for a steroid uh, that said horse didn't choose to take. I thought black people were the only creatures on this planet who get blamed for the conditions that someone else put them in, but clearly horses are in that category too. Donald Trump acting like this horse is sitting up somewhere, tying something around his hoof, shooting dope up in his hock. Okay, also clearly Donald Trump thinks this horse is on crack. If this horse was on opioids, they'd be saying the horse was sick and trying to get the horse some rehab. Trump called this horse a junkie, which means he thinks this horse should be in prison for life because of his addiction. But keep in mind, once again, nothing Trump was talking about has anything to do with any of this he said the horse is a junkie how how do you not blame the trainer for allegedly shooting him up with the performance enhancing drug and then you say the world is laughing at us as we go to hell on our borders our fake presidential election and everywhere else none of that has anything to do with anything just like bob baffert's defense of this situation has nothing to do with nothing listen to who or what the horse trainer bob baffert is blaming this on go to fox news is there a chance they may punt and not allow Medina Spirit to run this weekend? Well, I haven't heard anything uh, officially. Uh, you know, we live in a different world now. This this America is different. It was like a cancel culture kind stop, of a, stop a thing. Stop right there. So stop right there. Bring it back. Cancel culture. Bring it back. Bring it back. Is there a chance they may punt and not allow Medina Spirit to run this weekend? Well, I haven't heard anything uh, officially. Uh, you know, we live in a different world now. This this America is different. It was like a cancel culture kind of a, a thing. So they're reviewing huh? it. I haven't been told anything. Um, uh, we're prepared to run. Cancel culture. I mean, Bob, listen, I think cancel culture should be canceled, too, simply because it holds people to a standard of lifelong perfection that's impossible for any human to meet. But what in the hell does cancel culture have to do with this situation? Did the horse Medina Spirit have some old inappropriate tweets about how he doesn't approve of gay horses? Did another horse accuse Medina Spirit of sexual assault? Did the horse tweet, all horses matter? How is cancel culture to blame for a human 
shooting the horse up with drugs. Y'all might as well ask the horse Medina Spirit what was it wearing the night it got violated because y'all doing a lot of victim blaming on Medina Spirit. See, one thing about white men is they hate to be held accountable, okay? Accountability feels like injustice when you're not used to being held accountable. Sounds to me like folks are just holding that horse trainer, Bob Baffert, accountable and he doesn't want to deal with the consequences of his alleged actions. So he's just reaching for one of the new enemies of the right. Mr. Cancel, last name culture. But just like Donald Trump's statement that has nothing to do with this situation. Please let Kathy Griffin give Bob Baffert the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. And for the record, in any era, if you get caught cheating, you're going to be held accountable. Okay? Mm-hmm. Cancel culture has nothing to do with it. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. We were talking about this in the rumors earlier. Uh, what happened with Portia, Yee? Well, apparently Portia is engaged, and she's engaged to a man named Simon. Now, Simon was on Real Housewives of Atlanta with his wife at the time, Fallon. Fallon and Simon have since uh, broken up, and uh, Fallon was introduced to the show as a friend of Portia's. So people are looking at it. As Portia is now engaged to her friend's ex-husband. All right. Well, let's open up the phone lines. Let's ask the question. 800-585-1051. Could you uh, marry your friend's ex-husband? All right. Let's talk about it. 800-585-1051. Phone lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Gee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, uh, during the rumors, Yee was talking about Portia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, what happened, Yee? Well, apparently, a friend to the show, a friend of uh, Portia's on the show, Fallon, she was introduced on the show as Portia's friend. Uh, Fallon and her husband, Simon, are divorced. And now, Portia is engaged to Simon. That just sounds crazy. That so you so you're engaged but to Portia your friend. But Portia is saying that's ex. not her friend. But they was friends on the show. You know what's interesting? Fallon did say that they were introduced to each other through their husbands mm. or through their men, through Dennis and through Simon, so knew each other business wise. So yes, them. they were all around each other. So, but maybe to her, they were just conveniently friends because of the of show. Their men. Correct. So I guess the question is eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Could you uh? get engaged to about to marry your uh, associates we'll say associates because they weren't friends you're saying right I mean listen I don't know how close they for real are in real life but she was introduced as a friend of Portia I think that's what confuses everyone right could you do it ye? Uh no I have like a really strict rule even if we're not super good friends like I'm not dating somebody that you know, but I also will say this. You never know what can happen in life. And sometimes when people are around each other a lot, you see it happen all the time, right? You end up being familiar and comfortable with each other. You know, the two of them are divorced. So I guess it's open territory. She's not necessarily doing anything that's wrong because it's not like, you know, he's still married. But it would just feel weird to me. Okay. What Shut context up. do we have, though? What do you mean? Like, what do we know about this situation? <laughs> like, she just told you everything. But I'm saying, was Portia and this young lady, like, really, really good friends? Or did she just 
introduce her for a TV storyline. I mean, she came, they've been to, you know, she's been to her house. You see that on the show. Yeah, but that's, that's what makes it TV. hard to judge, that's though, because it's reality TV, so we don't know in real, real life. Exactly. So I don't understand how everybody's coming to all of these conclusions based off what they think they know. Like, but where, from what you do know, you can, you know, say, No, okay. not really. Because we're saying that they're friends that probably was just for TV. You know how on TV they bring in a new character and they be like, well... We'll say that you're this person's friend and this person bought you on the show and yada, yada, yada. So to us, it looks like, oh, that's her girl. But in reality, they probably don't even know each other. Right. Mm. But we're just talking about the way she was introduced as a friend of Portia. You know, it feels like it would be wrong. But now Portia's saying they're not friends. Well, I put it like that. If they were friends, that's foul. Now, if we're not friends and I don't know you and I fall in love with this man. Okay, MB. It does. But, you know, I'm with you. But if they're not friends, they're not friends. But if they were friends, that's fine. Envy, you love who you love. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, let's go to the phone. So, Charlamagne, what, what would you do in that situation? Would you just marry him? I don't even know what the hell's going on, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. You know what I mean? But it's I just think, messy. I think that Portia and uh, this this man and, and, and this woman know what's going on way more than we do. Hello, who's this? Hey, how y'all doing? It's RJ. Hey, what's up, RJ? What, what do you think, RJ? Would you do it? Would you marry him? Nah, man. You know, uh, I got morals. The women have morals, but I can't eat. Okay, you're you know? right. You're allowed to have morals. In the cookie jar. Don't mean you need to eat. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. He wouldn't marry him. All right. All right. Well, thank you, RJ. Hello, who's this? This is Jordan. How you doing? Jordan. Hello, morning. Jordan. What's up, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Now, would you marry him, Jordan? My best friend's girl? Yes. No, I mean, I was... They're not best friend. Exactly. Nobody said this. Not her best friend for y'all sure. Y'all did. Y'all making it sound like that, though. Y'all no, we didn't. I said she jury. was introduced on the show as friend of Portia. That's, <laughs> that's a fact. Y'all kind of swaying the jury a little bit. No one said it, best it friend. It does sound like you guys... I mean, listen, I'm not friends with nobody. I'm acquaintances with people. If somebody's my friend, I consider them a best friend. Oh. What? Come on now. That's and and I mean, if... if it's the truth. Okay. And, if, and if Portia said they not friends, doesn't that tell us all we need to know? Okay. Well, 800-585-1051. We're just asking, could you marry your acquaintances or associates' ex-husband? Maybe not friends, but been in the crib. Y'all had dinner with each other. Y'all double dated all that. Talk to us. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I know it, man. I know it, man. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club Top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about uh, a rumor that Yee put in her, her rumors. You want to uh, break it down, Yee? Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, pretty much all the facts that we know is that Fallon was introduced on the show as friend of Portia. They know each other through their respective, you know, Fallon's estranged ex-husband, uh, Simon, and Dennis, who is Portia's ex. And now Portia is engaged to Simon, so. But big fact that Angela said last break, Portia said they're not friends. Yeah, now Portia is saying that they're not friends. So to me, that says everything I need to know. Hello, who's this? It's Keisha. Hey, Keisha, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good, good. Talk to us. So, yeah, I would never do something like that, only because if we're running in the same circle and we're not friends, but we're kind of just running in the same circle, that's still gross. You, you you know, you've been introduced to these people and you've been to their house, their home and stuff like that. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it be happening all the time in real life, though, right? I don't know what kind of friends or associates you guys have. Goodness gracious. This is real life. Yeah, it has happened in real life. This this is real life. And I think that, you know, Portia saying they're not friends speaks volumes. But didn't she say they were friends before? She was introduced on the show as a friend of Portia, for sure. Like, that's how they were introduced. And Fallon had did an interview with Candy where she even said that, you know, she thinks that Portia's really sweet and that they are friends previous to this. Damn, one side said she's a friend, the other one says she ain't it's a friend. Reality TV anymore. guys Hello? and gals. Hello? Hello? Hey, good morning. What's your name? My name's Keisha. Hey, Keisha. Keisha just called, too. All right, so what are your thoughts, Keisha, in this whole situation? Listen, I love Portia, but I could not date any of my friends' husbands. I had to pull up on some of my friends' husbands with them for cheating on them, so mm. absolutely not. Dr. I'm glad you know, King. I got you. And Ramos, of course, my Puerto Rican brother. Yo, what's good, he, bro? He's not really Puerto Rican, bro. We're if finding, Rican, we finding out new things, bro. That's racist. What's racist? Oh, no. <laughs> his, name, his real name is Danny Benjamin. Ramos. Ah, uh, Ramos. Oh, okay. No, yeah, ain't no Ramos. Exactly. That's Thank a fake you. name. <laughs> he used to watch Girl Code, and he loved Lisa Ramos, so he took her name. This What's... guy got an Irish last name. He trying to tell me I'm not Spanish. Hey, here, but bro. I'm clearly black. Uh, <laughs> 100%. So what's your thoughts, brother? Okay, so um, no, I'm straight, but... I can just say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why you have to start like that? I like how you. I like how you let off with that. Good lead off. If I was correct, thank you. If I was in that position, I would not even give the other woman a chance because that that's crossing the line and vice versa. Okay, I'm looking at all these that's celebrities who have done that. this before. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I think Brad Pitt is guilty of that too. All right, man. <laughs> Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Jamie Foxx both dated Katie Holmes. Yeah, it's a little weird in Hollywood. All Taylor right, so Swift and Katy Perry both dated John Mayer. So what's the moral of the story? I think the moral of the story depends on what's the situation. It's a generic question, right? Yep. Yeah. Would you date your... Uh, we all could say we would never do that. Ex-husband's friend, no. Until, you know, you would say morally in your head you wouldn't, but... What? In this situation... It's never happened to me. I think this I is just reality TV. I don't even think that was Portia's friend. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. All right, well, we got rumors on the way. Yes, and new DMX music. There's going to be a new album. So we have the title, the release date, and also cover art. All right, we'll get to that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, it looks like Nicki Minaj might have some new music coming. How exciting is that? She just posted a couple of pictures of herself with the caption, Friday. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting, right? Because you assume it's music, but you just never know in 2021. It could be a clothing line. It could be a fragrance. It could be a documentary. It could be a documentary. Like, yeah, I just you just don't know what Nicki coming with on Friday. I would love to hear some And then a lot of though. people were talking about her and Rihanna are now following each other on Instagram. So some people are feeling like it could be a collab. I mean, let's be for real. I'm just telling you what's speculating. I get it, but why would y'all think her and Rihanna doing music? Rihanna ain't put out music in 10 years. The fact that it's her and Rihanna following each other probably makes me even more think it's probably some product. You know what I mean? Some clothes, makeup, something. I don't know. I don't know, but we do know Rihanna's been in the studio. Right? Several. She has been in the studio, so she's going to be working with somebody, and I feel like this could be a good comeback for, you know, first music out in a while for Rihanna. We shall see. 
And for DMX, they have revealed the title of his album, the release date, and also the cover art is available online. On DMX's Instagram page, it says 528, the legacy continues, hashtag Exodus album. All right. Now, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were spotted together on a vacation. And this is 17 years after calling off their engagement. Let's not forget that they were previously engaged. Benifer. Yes, that's right. And a source said that they've been in touch here and there throughout the years. They said Ben had reached out to her to see how she was doing. They had dinner together a few times within this last month. You know, they were in regular contact. And they said after seeing pictures of Jennifer in DR, he wrote to tell her how beautiful she looked and how much he wished he could be down there with her. Of course, at that time... Uh, she was still engaged to A-Rod and they said according to sources so you gotta this watch is these TMZ dudes, they said the emails offer, why are you so mad you gotta watch the emails these also referenced J-Lo's love for Ben's writing and included a line about him being able to own her heart with his pen According to these reports, they continued emailing each other back and forth while she was shooting, and that wrapped in late April. They said there was no physical contact or rendezvous between them during that time, but those emails do add some context to why they seemingly got back together so quickly. Man, you got to watch these guys. I'm, I'm here trying to get my life back together with my my girl, my fiance, and here the ex coming. Uh, ex fiance. Writing. Oh, yeah, you look good. You look nice. Man, you got to watch this. Listen, guys. that's why she was able to be able to, you know what? I'm not dealing with this anymore. <laughs> she already been emailing. Damn it, man. All right. Now, Lizzo was uh, doing a very emotional TikTok video where she was crying, and she started off talking about being very depressed. You know that part of sadness where you feel like a burden on everyone and annoying and nobody cares about you? <laughs> It's like, yo, I'm already sad. <laughs> Gotta add insult to injury that I have no one to talk to about it. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to feel like I do have someone to talk to. People do care about me. I am loved. I'm not alone. That's how I want to feel, but I don't, I don't feel like that. Then she said that she was glad that she spoke out. Thanks, guys. I'm feeling better. I had a really rough night. <laughs> On a very emotional morning, just thinking about my relationships and life. And you know how it is. It gets dark. I'm definitely glad I reached out in any way that I could to feel received and seen and heard. Really, really helped me. I'm not crying anymore. Thank you so much again. I love you guys. And if you're going through things, just know you're not alone. Now, according to Lizzo, she's also feeling better now. And here's what she did to actually make herself feel better. Took a bath. Talked to my therapist, talked to my medium, breathed, focused on gratitude, tricked my dopamine levels by getting excited about something in the future. And now I'm in bed. I do feel better. Uh, journaled a little bit, read a little bit. All right. Well, that's good. She was very transparent about everything, and I'm glad that it all worked out for the better. And that's why your therapist tells you to feel your feels. You know what I mean? Whatever you're feeling... Express it and then go deal with it. That's the beauty of like, you know, dealing with your mental health when you know what you're dealing with and you know how to make it, how to make yourself feel better. All right. And Dave Chappelle and Talib Kweli and Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Mostef, their podcast, their first episode has come out, Midnight Miracle. And in that podcast, Dave Chappelle is talking about running into Robin Williams outside the comedy club. And here's what happened next. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. I got to tell you, I bumped into him at FTC on 8th Street. And I was like, hey, you know, it was 
couldn't have been nice. I, kn- I didn't know him that well, but I knew him from around. I said, I'm doing a show with the punchline, you know, blah, blah. And he was like, very gracious, but didn't give me any real inclination that he'd show up. And he did. And he sat in the green room, and I could tell from his swag, oh, this wants to go on. <laughs> and a lot of times in comedy, that's some pecking on it. feel funny if another headliner showed up to this show, but not him. Now, at the end of the night, Most Def also, by the way, had been in the audience, and Most Def got up on the stage and apparently did some stand-up while Dave went to the bathroom. They were all on stage together. Robin Williams, Dave Chappelle, and Most Def. Here's how it went down. And at the end of the night, it was me, Most, and Robin on stage killing it, just like we're doing right now in a jam session, just just chomping it up. But Robin is a wild dude, and every once in a while, he pumped the tempo up. He wanted to rhyme with Most. Most was rhyming with him. <laughs> It, it was it was dope though. It was wow. It, it mostly was, have bars, most. Yo, I was just tripping like Robin Williams is really going for a life. Yo, we about to do a cipher right now. Right. Well, it definitely sounds like an epic night. Imagine being there and seeing the three of them. I'm sure on stage, the most unlikely trio. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, um, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice. Oh, and listen, too, man. Happy Born Day to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mm. Today is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's Born Day. He's 88 years young today, man. Wow. So yeah. drop one of the clues bombs for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I mean, that man's been on the front lines fighting for black people for well over 60 years. So salute to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. All right. Well, let's get to the mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne <laughs> the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let me shout out to uh, NASCAR again, John Cohen, one of the uh, one of the few black owners of a NASCAR team. I think Michael Jordan owns a team. I think Nelly's part of a team, but he owns a team too. Brothers from Newark, New Jersey, and uh, he will be at the car show. He's bringing uh, NASCAR to the car show, which is pretty dope. So. All you kids and guys out there that want to see a NASCAR up close and personal, it will be at the car show. I'm excited about that. First time, I'm, I'm going to get this check one out as well. Also, we got a shout out to Tamika Mallory. Her book is in stores right now, State of the Emergency. Man, State of Emergency, how we win in the country we built. It's available everywhere you buy books. Uh, the audio book is out. The e-book is out. The hardcover copy is out. Uh, this is the first release off, you know, Black Privilege Publishing, which is a... Uh, my book imprint. I, I like to say our book imprint, though. And, you know, I got a lot of titles coming out from a lot of different authors over the next few years. But there's nobody I would rather launch with first than Tamika Mallory, simply because Tamika inspires me on a whole lot of different levels, man. And she's just one of these people who has found her purpose in life and her purpose is definitely service to others. And she's out here fighting a fight that's bigger than all of us. So salute to Tamika Mallory. I hope y'all go out there and grab State of Emergency, how we win in the country we built. I hope y'all enjoy it. And I hope y'all learn something. I can't wait to see how this uh this book shakes up the ecosystem. All right. All right, when we come back, positive notice, The Breakfast Club, good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. All right, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I have a quote, man, from Henry Ford. You know what I'm saying? This is a great quote because, you know, it just, it just puts a lot of things in perspective. Henry Ford said, coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress. But working together is success. Remember that. Unity and group operation is always a must. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?